This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is... You in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Jackson's there. Billy did. The goal. Chris Billy Huddersfield Town. The most famous goal of Chris Billy's life. Is this the moment for Lee Fowler? It is. Take your place in Division 2. Huddersfield. Oi. Thank you. Rupian Steve Simonson's boots now. He's missed. Steve Simonson clears the frame of the goal and collapses in a heap of tears. Huddersfield Town are promoted. For Schindler has a chance to write his name in Huddersfield Town legend. And he takes that chance! Hello and welcome to a special episode of the Andy Takes That Chance podcast. Unless you've been living under a rock for the past week you will know that Neil Warnock is no longer the manager of Huddersfield Town. We've all been through a wide range of emotions and it's hard to know how to feel. But that rock would probably say it doesn't matter how you feel because as quick as a flash, in comes Darren Moore to step into the boots of the legend. Since the announcements, there's been a collective shrug from the town fans over the past few days. Um, Over the last few years, I've heard both positive and negative comments about Darren Moore, suggesting that he's a great bloke, with little uh, tactical acumen, which has always left me feeling a little bit unsure. So, in search of the truth, we've sought out the opinion of those that have seen Darren Moore in action. And uh, Brady has joined me as well today. So, how are we doing, Brady? I'm good. Excited to do this. Uh, it's never dull at Huddersfield, is it? It is not. Do you want to set the scene for us? Yeah, sure. So, obviously, we all heard the news this week uh, that Darren Moore has replaced Neil Warnock. Um, so, uh, as we heard confirmed in the press conference today, it is a multi-year deal. So it was, um, I think, Jake Edwards said, three years plus one. So Darren Moore himself, um, he started his managerial career at West Brom, um, and then, you know, we'll hear a little bit more from from Chris Hall from um, Albion Analytics about his time there later. Uh, then, obviously, he managed um, Doncaster Rovers and in, in League One, and. As I'm sure most people know listening to this, most recently it was at Sheffield Wednesday where he actually secured promotion um, by the playoffs in League One to the Championship. 
Um, so yeah, no, Darren's um, he's 49 years old. Um, obviously, he's a former player as well. And as I'm sure we'll come on to touch on a little bit, he, he actually played under Neil Warnock so, and mentioned that in his press conference. So yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Um, I suppose we'll, we'll come on to it, won't we, Matt? Yeah, okay. So let's hear what other people think. Um, Darren Moore, of course, started his career off at West Brom. So I asked Chris Hall from Albion Analysis for his thoughts on the appointment. Chris Hall here from Albion Analysis Podcast. I mean, uh, just wanted to give you my thoughts really on on hiring Darren Moore. And first of all, say congratulations on hiring probably the nicest, most decent bloke in the whole of football. He is just, he's an unbelievable man. He's an amazing ambassador for any football club he works for. And he won't just be manager of your football club. He will do so much outside of it. He will do so. He will put so much into the community. He always does at every club. He throws himself into the community program when he uh, when he goes to a club. So you've got you've got more than a manager. I think is the first important thing to, uh, to say. And that's I think that gets undervalued because people are so obsessed with results on the pitch. But the reality with Darren is he does things that matter more than football. And I know it's very easy to think football is all that matters at times, but there are things that matter a lot more than football in this life. And and Darren will get massively involved in those. Um, In terms of the type of manager, it's it's tricky for me to say because I think Darren what what we saw at West Brom was um was was Darren in his formative years as a manager it was his first it was his first job and we we saw two very different styles of football when he took over um from Alan Pardew right at the end of the Premier League season and nearly nearly kept us up um he went back to basics a little bit it wasn't it was more attacking than Pulis ball, but it wasn't it wasn't miles off it. He went back to the simple things that uh, that he knew the players could could do well. But then his next season, when he was ultimately relieved of his duties with the team, I think fourth in the table, um, it was a much more offensive style of play. It was quite an idealistic style of play, which I think in the end was probably what cost him. Um, you know, we'd we'd obviously got um, Gail and Rodriguez up front, both of whom scored over twenty goals that season. We had Harvey Barnes for the first part of the season. Um, if I think, first of all, if we'd kept Harvey Barnes and Leicester hadn't recalled him in January, I think we would have gone up no problem, and Darren would quite possibly still be the West Bromwich Albion manager. So he was massively unfortunate in that respect. I do think he probably needed to be a little bit more pragmatic at times. Um, he, he probably needed needed to um, look at look at how we could be a bit more solid uh, on occasions. And as I say, he was he was a little idealistic in 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 the way he wanted to play. I also think he he wanted to play this play out from the back, and I'm not necessarily sure at the time we had the players to do it. Carl Bartley struggled with it. It's something Sam Johnston hadn't done before. And we didn't have Romain Sawyers sat in front of the, the the back four like we did the next season. However, having watched Darren's team since, I don't think that's the way he plays anymore. It's it, it's you know when a manager has his first job, it's not surprising that he then evolves um, his style. It, he learns from his mistakes. He made mistakes at the Albion. I, I don't think he, I don't think anybody would deny that. Not even Darren, but. He's he's definitely learned from them, and you look at the amount of points he racked up at Sheffield Wednesday last season. Forget the fact they finished third, and I mean that's that's a freak. 
That's a freak. No team with that number of points should ever finish third. So he was just, he was massively unlucky. In terms of his appointment um, at uh, at town, I think it's, I think it's a progressive appointment. I think it's an appointment where you need to give him time because Darren is going to be a change from a Neil Warnock style of play. I've got no doubt about that. And you, you, you're going to have to, you're going to have to build him a squad over a, over a few windows that suits him. I think if the fans can stay patient with him, I think long term you could have a really, really top manager on your, on your hands in terms of how he performs for you. I think he already is a top manager, but I just think the difficulty when he's quite different to what's gone before is that he's going to need a little bit of time and a little bit of patience. And I suppose, ultimately, that comes down to whether your fans can be patient. And that's hard in football because a lot of a lot of football fans don't want to give managers time as soon as they start as soon as they they start seeing managers lose games, they lose their heads and I, I hope that doesn't happen to him at Huddersfield because it it might there might be a little bit of a, a period um of transition. Um I mean obviously I did I did work with Darren when during my time at West Brom. I mean, just to be honest, to reiterate what I said before, he was just a thoroughly brilliant bloke to be around. However, it's worth saying as well, Darren is a winner. And he can be he can be a scary guy when he wants to be. He is he's a very, very nice fella. He, most of the time he's a he's a real gentle giant. But I tell you what, if he sees players not pulling their weight, I mean, I saw this with youth team players, like he he wouldn't accept unprofessional behavior he's a born winner and i was also doing a session with um uh with with my university students with um with his um uh, with, with the sports psychologist who worked with him at sheffield wednesday and he said after the 4-0 defeat in the first leg at, at sheffield wednesday darren moore rang him up at 5 a.m the next day and basically hadn't been to bed he just he just watched the tape of the game over and over and over again to understand how they'd lost that game 4-0 that's darren you've got a winner on your hands the man does not accept defeat he wants to analyze it he wants to understand it he wants to learn from it and he wants to improve and as i say if you give him time it might not happen right away. I hope it does happen right away. I hope I'm wrong. I hope it happens immediately, um, and except for when you play us. Uh, I, but I think if you give him time, he will be he he will win for you. But as with most managers in the championship, how much time are they going to get? We, we we it remains to be seen. I hope Darren gets time. I hope he succeeds because he's one that he is one of the best people in football, and. I honestly believe he is a born winner and that's what he will do for, for Huddersfield if you give him the time to do it. Right, Brady, on to Doncaster. Unfortunately, we couldn't get anybody from their side to uh, tell about, tell us about his time, but I've always thought he did a really good job at Doncaster, Brady. There were so many low expectations when he went in there and if it wasn't for COVID, he may have uh, potentially got them in the playoffs. So it was a, it's a really good job he's done there. Um, so at this point, we can see Darren Moore's career is building. And then it comes to his prior job before joining Huddersfield Town. And that was at Sheffield Wednesday, where you could probably say there was a lot of pressure on him to succeed here. He's got a fan base desperate for success. And this is probably where the 
largest range of opinion comes from in terms of Darren Moore. If you look online, you can see things ranging from him being a brilliant manager to uh, being useless, you know, as, as, as such as uh, football Twitter is. It's um, a very funny place, isn't it, Brady? But what I'll do is I spoke to uh, the head of Wednesday Till I Die, which is a podcast on Sheffield Wednesday, and I spoke to James Mappin, uh, who is the host there. And this is a little chat that me and James had earlier. Hi, James. Thanks for uh, speaking to us today. Um, just let me know, mate, what type of manager are Huddersfield Town getting with Darren Moore? Yeah, in terms of a manager, Darren Moore is, I'd have to say, he's just a, a fantastic guy and just a fantastic gentleman. When he came in, uh, he made a point of just getting to know everyone at the club, uh, not just obviously the players, but everyone behind the scenes that makes the, the football club tick, really. And, uh, you know, I think you've probably seen videos of him clapping along to high or silver lining at the start of the matches and stuff like that, getting involved. Uh, and yeah, he just really bought into the the culture of the football club. I, I suppose not even that, he, he, he created a culture at the club. Um, some criticise him for it, you know, saying he's, you know, he's a nice guy, but too much of a nice guy. Um, yeah, you could say that to a certain degree. However, um, you know, for me, that's certainly a quality that you that you want in a manager. Uh, that everyone likes him. It's clear that all the players liked him as well. When you see um, you know, the aftermath of the Peterborough game at the end of last season as well, saying it was you know Darren Moore that actually instilled that belief into the team um, and, and you know made them believe that they could actually do it. So, yeah, I mean, in terms of um, style, uh, I think he wanted to try and play with wingers, but injuries meant that we had to play. A 5-3-2 for much of last season. He got named the Tinker Man. He does like to make changes. Uh, I think that's broadly looking at the bigger picture, to be honest. Um, looking at you know trying to minimise as many injuries as you possibly can. Didn't really happen for us. I think it was really unlucky, to be honest, um, with with injuries that we had. But you know, um, for for me, yes, he does have his flaws. And, you know, not every manager is fantastic and great. If he were that good. It won't be, no disrespect, it won't be at Huddersfield or Sheffield Wednesday. It'd be, it'd be in the Prem. Um, but no, for me, I, I thought he was a, a fantastic manager. And hmm. um, what would you say are his main strengths and weaknesses? In terms of strengths and weaknesses, uh, I kind of touched on it just then. Strengths, for me, um, is just his approach to everything. His approach to everyday life at Sheffield Wednesday. Um, it's clear to see, obviously, now he's gone, that to, you know, the current manager we've got doesn't quite get along with certain players. We had that in the past as well with with Gary Monk and Jos Lukai. We didn't have any of that with Darren Moore. He managed to get a tune out of players. He signed some players, you know, Saido Berahino and Nathaniel Mendes-Lang, just being two, that didn't have a fantastic past. But again, he managed to... Uh, get a tune out of them to a certain extent. I know it didn't, didn't work out fantastically, but there were certainly you know free transfers that other uh, teams weren't willing to take on. And he, like I said, he, he, he took them under his wing and, and got something out of them. Um, in terms of weaknesses, um, there's been a few times where perhaps, you know, the, the tactics, in-game tactics haven't changed as soon as what we perhaps like. You, know, you could easily see that things need to need to change, but he's not made that change quick enough. Um, and sometimes some of his substitutions have been left to be desired. He does like to play players out of position as well. Um, he he wants players to be able to 
play more than one position at all times, really, which, again, can be seen as a strength. However, sometimes you can see players a little bit out of the depth. And um, when when doing that, we, I mean, we had Marvin Johnson playing at left centre-half at one point. Look, he did great there and um, it, it was all right. I would much prefer... Uh, an actual left centre half playing in that position though than left winger if I'm being perfectly honest Okay it's interesting what was his time like at Sheffield Wednesday would you would you say he met expectations? He came in at Sheffield Wednesday when we were doomed for relegation really we, did, we had the points deductions when we were in the championship he came from from Doncaster some people say that the reason why we got relegated was down to him I think that's really unfair to be honest yes he went down to the last game of the season yes you know uh, the, the game against Derby on the last game of the season wasn't good enough however um, we should have been relegated well well before then a lot of players are damn tools so uh, I think that was unfair I think he was brought in as, as a manager to get us out of League One when the inevitable happened um, and you know you could say he has done that now some people say that we should have gone up automatically um, in both of those seasons. I think I'd have to agree, really. The first season, we were more than good enough to to get promoted. And obviously, we lost to Sunderland in the playoffs. The second season, well, we should have been promoted by, uh, by February time, I would have thought. And obviously, we had that poor run of form. You know, however, 96 points in a season and not getting automatic promotion I just think we've been incredibly unlucky Um, he brought in a lot of players uh, a lot of different players that we'd not seen I think he's got some fantastic contacts in the game as well people are willing to to loan players out to us um, that which you know I don't think we'd have got if we'd if we'd not got Darren Moore at the helm Um, so I think really when you look at it you know in terms of did he meet expectations yes we've got out of the league that we're as in did we do it, you know, the way that we perhaps wanted? Probably not. However, you know, we're now sitting as a as a championship club and we're, we're a League One club for the past two seasons. So, uh, yeah, I think he's, uh, he's met his expectations. However, I don't think a lot of people would share that same, um, same viewpoint. Some people do think that he should have done a lot better. OK, so from gauging some Sheffield Wednesday fan opinion on social media, more is often criticised for a lack of tactical acumen. Would you say that's fair? Um, I'd heard or read somewhere that the players were responsible for delivering tactics at Sheffield Wednesday and not more in his backroom team. Is is there any truth to that? Or is that just one of those rumours that tends to circulate enough times on social media to become a fact? I must admit that's not something that I've heard myself. Um, I did mention just a minute ago about his in-game tactics that are sometimes questioned um, in terms of uh, how he you know, changes the game uh, when it's you know, it's clear that things aren't working he perhaps does leave it a little bit late you'll probably see most of his substitutions around the 60 minute mark he likes to to wait until that point even though he perhaps should change things at half time uh, like I said I've, I've not heard that one myself um, and, I, and I don't think I don't think that's particularly true um, but, but yeah I mean it might be, you never know. Um, and what do you think to his appointment at Huddersfield Town? Yeah, all the best to him. I, I thought it was a bit strange that he'd perhaps not got a job sooner than uh, than what he had. Uh, I don't know his personal circumstances and everything. Um, clearly, he was obviously just holding out for, for a job that he wanted. Um, yeah, I'm sad to see him 
go really it's one of, it's like a, an ex-girlfriend when they get with another another bloke I guess um, when, he, when it comes to Darren Moore um, but no all the, all the best to him I think he he's fantastic I've, I've heard some people saying he's a bit underwhelming appointment um, again no disrespect but I don't really know who you were expecting to to bring in to be honest um, it, look I think he's going to be do a great job there you're down here like us as well, obviously doing a little bit better than us at, at the moment. But I think he's he's a probably a long term project. I don't think he's a a short term fix. You know, he's going to have a transfer window in January, and then and then you know, fingers crossed, you could still be in the division come the end of the season, and then he'll be able to instill his uh, philosophy and belief. I think his backroom staff are fantastic as well. Um, you know, Adrian Basso, the goalkeeping coach, seen massive improvements on our on our goalkeepers whilst uh, whilst he was there. Um, I mean, it's Jimmy Shanks as well. He came in, and we had the long unbeaten run, longest unbeaten run that we've ever had. Um, it's no surprise that, like I said, when he brought Jimmy in, we did go on that long run. Um, a lot of work that he's done behind the scenes. So he doesn't just come as as, as Darren Moore. He comes as his whole complete package with his backroom staff as well, which. I think you'll you'll uh, do well there, and I, and I do wish him all the best. Is there anything else that Huddersfield Town fans should know about Darren Moore that they wouldn't already know? I don't know if this is a Sheffield Wednesday thing, but don't ask Darren Moore about injuries. He gave absolutely nothing away in any press conferences. Um, it would it would just straight up refuse to answer the question. You don't hear anything about who's fit, who's not fit, how long they're out for, things like that. He did stay very tight-lipped. Like I said, I don't know if that was a, a Sheffield Wednesday directive or whether it was like that at other clubs, but he certainly didn't want to talk about that. He wanted to focus on the positives as well, always looking forward to the next game, which I suppose most managers try and do. We didn't really get much out of the press conferences, to be honest. He very rarely divulged into into stuff. I think he's very a, a very private man, um, and that comes across in you know in his uh, in his media interviews and stuff like that. But um, but no, uh, a fantastic bloke. I do wish that we weren't having this conversation because that would have meant that uh, Darren Bull was still manager at Sheffield Wednesday. And I think when you come to Hillsborough in a couple of weeks' time, uh, he'll probably get a standing ovation from three sides of uh, of Hillsborough when he uh, when he walks out. You know, he's we've had not much success in recent years. You know, the the other promotion was eleven seasons ago when uh, when we came out of League One. Um, before that six seven years again and, and after that we've got to go back to the 90s when we were playing in the Premier League so he's given us something that we'll remember for many many years to come that night uh, against Peterborough at Hillsborough was fantastic the day down at, in London uh, at Wembley for the playoff final was equally as good um, and yeah he'll be uh, he'll be sorely missed especially from myself and everyone on the podcast anyway Right, thank you very much to James there from uh, the Wednesday Till I Die podcast. Uh, good podcast, always pop up on Spaces as well. If you ever fancy getting involved with a Chef Wednesday fan podcast, there's the perfect one to do that with. Right then, Bradle Juice, you had uh, a little tete-a-tete with our pal Dom House, and didn't you? So uh, let's cut to uh, that one. Cool. So I am joined now by the EFL editor for Reach in uh, Yorkshire and North East. It's Mr. Dom House. And Dom, how are you doing? I'm very good, thank you. It's been a busy week. It certainly has. It certainly has. That's why you're here today to talk to me. So obviously we'll get straight into it then because, um, you know, Darren Moore's been appointed as Huddersfield Town Manager and um, 
as the listeners may know, you covered Sheffield Wednesday for, for quite a while. So um, I suppose you're the best person to ask this, really. What type of manager are Huddersfield getting in Darren Moore? Uh, they're getting someone who has got a very good win record. Um, I, I think it, you know, even to this day, his style of football did divide the Wednesday fans. I think that's that is, uh, you know, a fair assessment. But he did achieve the ultimate goal, right? You know, he had two years um, of where this, and the second year, it was paramount that he got them promoted. 96 points, 23 match, unbeaten run. And in any other year, they would have gone up automatically. But Ipswich and Plymouth were exceptional in getting 98 and 101 points. So it, unprecedented. You know, the top three in League One last season were streets ahead of the rest. So you do have to take that into account. Um, he, he did have a big playing budget at his disposal for League One level. I think that should be said. And he made a lot of signings over the two years. But following relegation in 2021, um, and I think we have to give some context and start from there, really, that he came in in March and the club were an absolute mess. You know, you're talking players weren't getting paid in full, on time. They'd had a points deduction. They'd had numerous managers that season, from Gary Monk to Tony Pewis to Neil Thompson was in caretaker charge. It was a really low point, Sheffield Wednesday, when Darren Moore came in. Uh, and I still believe to this day he would have kept them in the championship had he not struggled with COVID, really hit him hard. He was fighting for his life in hospital and he missed you know, half a dozen matches. And so his assistant, uh, Jamie Smith, who's come with him to Huddersfield as part of his backroom staff, you know, he was sort of overseeing the team while Darren was recovering in hospital. And he came back for the, the final match against Derby on the last day of the season. And if Wednesday had won, they would have stayed up. Uh, but it, it finished 3 all in the end. And he had to rebuild the club from top to bottom. And I'm not just talking about the personnel and players bringing them in. I'm talking about the culture, which you're going to find he's going to talk an awful lot about at Huddersfield Town. Uh, especially with all the structural changes town have made in the last three months under Kevin Nagel. Uh, but yeah, for Darren Moore, unity and bringing that sort of togetherness to Sheffield Wednesday. You know, I think that you know, that is what, when you look back on the legacy and what he achieved and what he did at Wednesday, it, it wasn't just that he got them up, but that day at Wembley, you know, that sort of crystallised everything of where it looked as if Wednesday were going to be on a, cl a club on the up. You know, he brought the feel-good factor. Um, he had his challenges and there were times where he did come under serious pressure um, because Wednesday were the big fish in League One. You know, they were there to be shot at. Everybody expected them to be challenging for promotion, even in the first year when he had to rebuild the team, he lost a lot of key players. Um, and, you, you know, I think that ultimately he achieved his brief at Wednesday. Uh, it wasn't always pretty. Right? You know, some of the football was pragmatic 
and I think that that will be the case at times with towns where needs most. And you know, he, you know, we've already seen that there is a three-year plan for town to get back into the Premier League, and what you know, Darren Moore's shown in his five and a bit years of management is he'll do whatever is necessary to get results and to achieve the ultimate goal. Yeah, that's interesting. And touching on tactics, because we've heard, you know, from a couple of fans of the of the teams he's managed, um, it can vary really. I mean, and I've seen that some of the criticism from Wednesday fans. I mean, what what do you make of um, uh, Darren Moore's style of play? Or, or does it, like you say, does it kind of vary on the opposition and, you know, the squad and all, all the factors that normally come into this sort of stuff? I expect him at town to tactically mix things up more than he did at Wednesday. So Darren Moore's preferred formation, certainly at Doncaster, was 4-2-3-1. And we fully expected him in his first full year in charge at Wednesday um, to go with that system no matter what. But after about half a dozen matches and Wednesday started off slow, didn't get many points on the board... He abandoned it. Uh, you know, Wednesday they didn't have the personnel to play four two three one. It was Lee Gregory up front on his own, and he's not the quickest. Is is Gregory? He needs runners. He needs people around him. And and so Darren Moore went to three five two, and they were immediately way better. And it was the demand at Wednesday as well at home. The home fans want to see them playing with two up front. Uh, and so I, again, that's think that's where the vision aligns at town of where, from what I've seen of the team, I believe with the personnel town have got right now, 3-5-2 is the, the system that suits town the most. You look at the centre-backs, Pearson, Hellick and Lees, now that he's back, you know, those three, that's like your spine, you get Hoggy in there, and then up from, I've you know yeah I think we've seen that Harrah probably isn't capable of playing up front on his own just yet. Ditto uh, Hudlin and Danny Ward has not had you know we know the, the best of starts of the season. So I think that's how Darren Moore is going to go at Town. And and also you look at the wing backs, he'd be really excited about the prospects of working with Sorba Thomas potentially playing on the right and then Jaheim Headley on the left. You know, he, he want them to be quick on the counter-attack, in transition. Um, and I think he sees players like Thomas Headley, Josh Caroma. Those are exactly the sort of flair, or, you know, like adventurous players that I think Darren Moore will really enjoy working with. Um, and plus, he's got a, a background in youth football of developing players um, and so he does fit in a lot of ways I can understand the appointment the more I've thought about it from Huddersfield's perspective uh, I know that uh, you know, there are some yeah, Huddersfield fans out there who are underwhelmed by it um, but I think maybe given time I think they could warm to Darren Moore and you know I've not even got onto the character of the man he is one of football's good guys, you know, he, you know, I've not met anybody in the game that's got a bad word to say about Darren Moore. You know, he is a classy bloke. He's a gentleman. 
uh, you'll see that there's a social media video that went viral when he was at Wednesday when a little boy came up to him um, and was wanting advice on on you know for his Sunday football team and Darren Moore that spoke to that youngster like he would to journalists like he would to anybody you know giving him advice you know and that right that's not him putting it on for show. That's who Darren Moore is. Um, you know, what you see with him is what you get. There will be times, I think, where town fans are maybe scratching their heads tactically at substitutions and is tight, you know, when he makes subs or not always making subs, you know, those sort of decisions. And then in game, I still think there are elements to his management that you know, he's got to learn and adapt. Um, but um, certainly a Wednesday, he got them promoted uh, and that's what he had to do. Uh, and he was under enormous pressure throughout the whole season. So I think he deserves enormous credit for, for that. Yeah, and I, I suppose my final question, you kind of touched on it a little bit there. Um, you know, for people, I, I, I don't know if I'm revealing on the pod, but obviously you have a, let's say you have a slight... Uh, affection for Huddersfield you are you're a Huddersfield fan what do you make of the appointment for Huddersfield I suppose people look at it and go you know why did town not make a managerial decision sooner then with the fact that Darren Moore has been available since the summer um but they've done their due diligence and you look at some of the other candidates that are out there, you know, Nathan Jones was a complete non-starter with what happened in the playoffs when he was at Luton. You, you know, you had on the bookies list, you know, Chris Wilder, for example, was at the John Smiths on Wednesday night. And so that also got people talking. But you, you look at Wilder, a fantastic job that he did at Sheffield United, but then his last two roles at Middlesbrough and Watford haven't ended so well. So he would have had a point to prove, just as Darren Moore does at championship level now with town. And your town could have taken a left field choice of a John Terry, a Wayne Rooney, a Frank Lampard. They could have gone for a big name that maybe would have got the juices flowing more among the fan base. But for where town are right now, Darren Moore is a builder of football clubs. Um, and what we've seen at town under Nagel is that they're trying to put foundations in for the future with all the senior management that and people that they've brought in behind the scenes so that they can try and achieve the, the three-year Premier League plan. You know, and they're not hiding away from that. And I think it's good that... They've said, this is the target, this is what we're going for. And Darren Moore has said that as much himself in his first press conference. He said that he knows that there's, going to, there's pressure with it, but there is in football generally. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Cosy, what, what's your favourite away day? Matt, it's got to be the city ground at Nottingham. Just old school stadium, you're right near the pitch, great atmosphere. But there's nothing like playing at home. Same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You win, order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. To answer your question, I think Darren Moore could prove to be a shrewd appointment for town in the long term. He needs to get results, I think, in the first few weeks. There's no getting away from that, but he could do with a fast start to buy himself time to then make the long-term changes that he want to make. Um, and like I say, he's not afraid to, you know, for football to be a bit ugly. He knows it's results-driven. So he'll do whatever I think it takes um, to ensure that he gets that time to then really oversee the vision that, you know, that he wants uh, and so, yeah, no, I think that that's probably where I am, really. I, the more I've talked and thought about Darren Moore's appointment, I've talked myself into, I think it could work out for town as long as he's given the time and people are patient with what he's trying to do. Yeah, I suppose we'll have to wait and see. But um, yeah, Dom, that's that's perfect. Thanks so much for coming on. Anytime. Yeah, decent that there, uh, Frosty McFang. Uh Dom's always decent, isn't he? Um, and yeah, we, I think we all know he's a bit of a town fan on the slide, don't we? Um, right, mate, the press conference. Um, in came Darren Moore uh, between J.K. Dudes and Mark Cartwright. Uh, what did you make of it? I think it, you know, press conferences, they're always difficult, aren't they? Um, and it's more about reading in between the lines. I think for me, Darren Moore came, came across really well. Um, I think, you know, we kind of knew that a lot of people have mentioned how he's, you know, he's a good ambassador for your club. Um, I think he was very respectful about what he said about Neil as well, um, as you can imagine. And he mentioned they played under him. I think it was good. You know, it's um, it's a good first impression. I'm sure we'll we'll talk about our opinions on it. But I think I'm initially when the announcement was made, I was more, um, I didn't necessarily think it was, the best appointment. I think it's more the timing of it and who he's replacing. Um, I, I think we can we can probably talk about this in a bit slightly more detail. But you know, if we appointed Darren Moore after Mark Fotheringham, um, a man who gets far more mentioned than he should, um, I think people will be talking about how it's a really positive appointment. I think it's just the timing and who he's replacing um, is maybe the thing you can question. But yeah, no, it's exciting. I think. Um, yeah, it's um, it's it's interesting. It's an interesting time, and you know, obviously, Jake Edwards talked about how he's kind of the person. You know, they hired him on a three-year deal, perhaps more, and um, they've got this vision of three years to the Premier League. So, huge, huge um, statement and ambition. And I know me and you have talked about how the club previously have really played down ambition. You know, under maybe previous ownership, how we are the little terrier, and um, it's good to to hear people talking about Huddersfield with their chest out, and you know. Obviously, results and what happens in the next three years, they'll be ultimately judged on. But um, I suppose you've got to enjoy the journey. And if they're talking like this and that's what they're saying, you know, um, I think it's maybe time to get on board. 
it was all perception for me, Brady, wasn't it? Because uh, Neil Warnock, from without knowing the facts of what was going on in the background, and it's a lot of speculation, isn't there? Which not really interested in going into too much detail on at the moment. Um, it seemed a very peculiar time because Neil Warnock had it just turned around that difficult start. Start was tough, which is uh, which we all knew it was at the, at the beginning of the season when we saw the fixtures come out. But winning two games in a row and then a point against Stoke as well, although albeit we already knew Neil Warnock was leaving at that point. And the football was decent as well and things looked like they were going quite well on the field and players that had uh, underperformed under the previous two managers were now performing quite well. And I know there's a lot of criticism about Neil Warnock and young players, but you look at your likes of Diara, Radoni, um, even some of the older ones, Edmunds Green, slightly older, they'd all performed at a level up under Neil Warnock and everything just seemed to quite align quite well. And then when Jake Edwards, and, and to be fair, it was Neil Warnock who really threw the three-year Premier League thing in first, wasn't it? That was his first grenade. I noticed there were quite a few grenades in there from Neil Warnock with a smile, a smiling assassin as he was. And um, there were just a couple of things there where if you're a football fan and you're happy with Neil Warnock and you love Neil Warnock like we do, and then the, uh, the talk is Premier League, the next man is the, is the man to get us there you kind of expect something a little grandiose, don't you, or something, or a big statement. And Darren Moore just kind of feels a bit safe. So the actions and the talk don't quite initially marry up, but I think as we get further down the line and we see things happening, and you could see in the press conference, people talk about alignment quite a lot. And Lee Bromby used to talk about alignment, didn't he? And I know it used to wind people up. But he was right in a lot of ways with what they had with Carlos Corbran. They needed everything to align perfectly. And you could just kind of see how happy they were in each other's company. I know everybody's sort of on their best behavior when they first meet each other, aren't they? But they just seemed quite a good... I'm not going to say the word that begins with S that they always use on uh, The Apprentice and things like that. But they just seemed quite a good connection between them. That made me feel quite happy between Jake Edwards. Jake Edwards always impresses me when he speaks in, in press conferences. You know, mm-hmm. he's a real cut above, I think, what we've had in the past. Um, Matt Cartwright had a word. Matt Cartwright's a bit gruffer, isn't he? But, you know, again, it was interesting to see what he had to say as well. And there just seems to be a real sort of collective rather than it being the Neil Warnock show, if you, if you know what I mean. And it kind of, and you, and you sort of look at them and you sort of think, yeah, I get this when you see them together and you can see them collaborative, you know, being collaborative and working collaboratively, which is something that they mentioned as well in the press conference. And I can see why Darren Moore is is the person that's been chosen you know the things i always heard was you know lovely bloke rubbish with tactics that was always the throwaway comment mostly from i think sheffield wednesday fans and i think the impression that i always get got from other fans was that he delivered slightly under what was expected i think there was they expected automatic promotion at west brom and they were fourth and he got sacked prior to the playoffs which did seem a harsh sacking i'll be honest at the time Mm. um and then sheffield wednesday the expectation was to win the league or top two and they kind of fell slightly. I know they were winning the league by a mile and they looked good and then they kind of tailed off again. And But the job at Doncaster in between was really good. I thought that was impressive. And when we did the podcast the other day, episode 183, I said Huddersfield Town will need to look for a builder. And I was thinking of Mark Robbins really and the job Mark Robbins has done at Coventry. So it was quite interesting you mentioned Robbins in the press conference. But I can see why Darren Moore is someone they look at and think, yeah, Darren Moore can build a side here because he's 
he's very intelligent uh, and and the way he looks at things is quite refreshing as well and I think as an aside one thing I really liked was he was given the opportunity to pile on uh, the Sheffield Wednesday on a chance series wasn't he but he just dealt with it with a smile and I just thought the guy's got a lot of class about him he carries himself really yeah. well with with an enormous amount of class and that was never going to be in doubt I think it's really reassuring to hear from uh, Chris and uh, James that tactically he's not as bad as been made out and that's typical football fandom and um, I'm quite looking forward to it now I just had that the thing I heard a year ago was that the players at Sheffield Wednesday did the tactics and I and I heard that from quite a good source and I was like oh that's not that doesn't sound great you know sort of thing and I'm glad that James has kind of knocked that on the head a little bit um, and I'm feeling I think it was quite important to do this because I think people that felt a bit meh about the whole thing can now listen to the others and go actually there's something that we can get quite excited about here and and what I quite like is is it's long term as well. I know there's no such thing as long term in football. The average manager lasts 14 months or whatever. But there just feels like a genuine attempt here to build something. And I can see what they're trying to do off the field. I can see now what they're trying to do on the field. And I'm quite happy to buy my season card, buy the shirts, buy, you know, bits and bats, be a Blue and White Foundation member and support it. Um, you know, I'm behind this. I'm not going to sit here and predict that Huddersfield Town will be in the Premier League in three years. I think that's a very difficult thing to achieve because there's so many teams looking at doing it and so many teams that are coming that are coming down with 45 million quid a year in parachute payments. It's difficult, isn't it? Unless you throw ridiculous amounts of money. We saw Leeds lost 50 million when they got promoted to the Premier League in that one season and the previous was like 35. No idea how they're not under FFP sanctions, but there we go. Um, so there's a lot here which I can see been an incredible positive and I can see how they work together really well and Huddersfield's a a team and Cosy mentions this on the pod all the time is that managers Huddersfield town fans react really well to managers that are big characters and you know like you think of Peter Jackson you think of Neil Warnock you think of David Wagner and then think you know people that don't have that personality like Carlos Corbran although he was successful uh, Danny Schofield was a bit quiet wasn't he they tend not to be looked on as favourably and I see the character of Darren Moore and I think you know, I think the fans will like him. I think they'll appreciate his honesty. And I think there's someone to get behind. And do you know what, Brady? I've talked for a while there, so it's your turn. But there are things to get excited about here, just as long as the promise of, you know, financial investment in the playing staff is followed through, which I'm sure it will be. You know, we've seen Ben Wiles come in for, you know, a decent amount of money. If we can keep picking up one or two players like that, uh, well, maybe one or two windows, probably a bit. Um, a little bit ambitious, but you know, you know where you know where I'm going like that with that. You know, one or two players like that every every you know sort of twelve months or so. Then you know, Huddersfield Town are going to start heading upwards rather than downwards, and that's that's a good thing, and that's what we all want, isn't it? It is, and um, you know, I think I've said this on the pod. So sorry if I'm uh, if listeners have heard me say this before, and I'm repeating myself here. But you know, cards on the table. Um, I didn't really want. Neil Warnock to stay here for another year. I thought he did an absolutely fantastic job last season. I, d- I don't think we could have got any other manager um, to achieve the result that he he could because he is just, well, he's the best in that type of situation. Um, I could see why it made a lot of sense to, to bring Neil in, even if it wasn't necessarily my preferred. Um, and I think, 
you know, I think like we've touched on the only odd thing is is the timing. I think if you, you know, it, when the dust has settled a little bit and if um, Darren gets off to a good start, because as we all know, unfortunately, it's a results business and um, I think it'll long be forgotten really. Um, but yeah, that, I think that's the only thing you look at this and I think it is a good appointment. Um, I think Darren deserves, you know, we've heard from the, from the other people who we've, we've spoken to. Um, I think he's a, he's a solid appointment and I think he deserves a crack at the championship. You know, um, I know people talk about Jeff Wednesday and how they were ahead. Um, but you, you've got to look at the teams they were competing against as well. Plymouth, that's probably one of the best teams in League One for a long time. Ipswich, you can see what they're doing in this, in the championship at the moment. They're really flying. Look how so, many points they got. They got 97 points and didn't get... Exactly. Time. It's unreal. Yeah. It's unreal. Um, so, and I've just, you know, obviously the comeback um, against Peterborough, you know, people will be like, well, how are you losing 4-0 in the first place? But I mean, to, to turn that around is incredible. And, uh, you know, he does deserve a crack. And I think the, the encouraging thing for me is you see what Sheffield Wednesday are doing now. You see what their ownership are like. And the fact that he's achieved all that with that going on behind the scenes. And I've seen since he was announced, you've actually seen a few Sheffield Wednesday fans who were maybe critical of him saying, oh, I don't think we realised how good we had it under under Moore. So, yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. I think the biggest, the biggest issue Darren Moore is going to have is Neil was getting a lot out of this squad, which we have talked about a lot on the podcast. Um, we don't think on paper it's got the best quality in terms of depth. You know, we've already seen that. Danny Ward has a niggle and we're playing Keen Harrett and, you know, Carl Hudlin's around there and we're having to use Bergsorg and Karoma. That's not, um, that's not a criticism of those players, but it's just putting a lot of pressure on young people who haven't played a full season of championship football. So Neil is the best of working with very little. Um, and I think we heard this from Jake Edwards in the press conference today. If they are looking to invest in the team, um, I think that's a real positive and I think that's where we can see as you touched on, Darren Moore building something. And I think you've got to, you know, remember we've talked about this Matt off air, but, um, you know, let's be honest, like this isn't from any inside information that we've got, but I mean, just look at it from a logistic, uh, logistically. If you're a player and you've got a move going on in the summer, as much as we love Neil and as much as we're going to achieve, are you going to join a club that's got a plan in place? You know, the manager's there permanently. You know, he's going to be there for... Although, like you say, oh, what is a long-term manager? He's got a contract for three years and he's made you part of the plans. I do think Town have probably suffered from as great as it was to get Neil and while it made a lot of sense. If you're a player, I mean, I'm just playing devil's advocate here. Why would you nest, Why would you move to somewhere where it's like, well, Neil's going to be here for a year and then they might bring in a manager who, want, who wants nothing to do with me. So I think that's a real positive we can take from this as well. You know, I'm not comparing Darren Moore and Neil Warnock because... I think it's hard, you know, I think you can pair in two people in very different situations, but that long-term success that you do talk about, hopefully we can bring in players, we can build that vision and you touch about the alignment. That's where you see the alignment. If we can bring in players, have that long-term project and build, which the club from, from the talk sounds today seem to be doing that. I think it's really positive. I think we've got to look at this as positive. Um, Neil's done a great job and I'm sure we'll see him probably in March uh, getting three points against us at the John Smiths. But um, yeah, I think I think we've got to look at this as as a real positive. Yeah, I think so, Brady. I, th- I think when you look at it, Huddersfield Town are are in are in good hands in terms of people that are dedicated to the task at hand. Um, you look at a lot of Darren. I know we we wrote down a lot of Darren Moore quotes, didn't didn't we? That we're probably not going to go over, but one thing that he kept saying over and over and over again was 
pretty much it's time to get to work, didn't he? And I think the work ethic is is what carries a club like Huddersfield higher and has carried us higher in the past. So um, it feels like we're in decent hands on and off the field. I know there's been a lot of talk and we've not seen a massive amount of action, but we're starting to see that action now and, and plan in process, aren't we? So um, I think for people like me who were sceptical initially, um, but are now coming round to the idea. Uh, I think it's, I think it's interesting, and I think the best thing to do is to see how it goes. Um, I know people will say what they want in football, and people should say what they want in football with respect. Um, but I can just now see. We've said this on the podcast before, but we, when when Kevin Nagel bought Huddersfield Town, it was pretty much a whirlwind. It was almost like a casino thing, wasn't it? Do you know where it's like? Where you put the keys on the table to the you know to the stadium, and it was it was it was a very quick turnaround, very unexpected. So they've not had time to put that plan in place, and now over the summer they've had to sort of fly by the seat of the pants, and they're now putting that in place. And it's it's important to let them do that and and reserve an element of judgment until you can see things developing in front of you, and things are developing. Darren Moore, is it a safe option? I think that's probably unkind. You know, thinking. Thinking along the lines, yes, he probably is safe, but also uh, safe is not a bad thing, but he can also build as well. And I think the building side of things is very important because Huddersfield Town, in terms of revenue, have always been at the bottom end of this division and they've always had to sell players to just kind of survive. And, you know, the off-field stuff excites me as much as the on-field. You know, it's going to be interesting to see the revenues build off, you know, on, on the commercial side and the team build on the on the field. So, I'm I'm quite happy to see how this goes. Um, it's probably not the big um, statement I thought we might get or hoped we might get when they kind of said three-year Premier League plan, Neil Warnock has to go now. But I get it. I, I do get it. When I see them all together, it makes sense. I get it. Um, and, uh, you know, I wish everybody the best of luck. And, and you know, because at the end of the day, if they're successful, we're happy. And that's, um, and that's all we want to be, isn't it? So um, let's see how this goes, Brady. Yeah, and and just one final thing from me, and um, I, I kind of mentioned it, I tweeted about it yesterday, but you know, a big part, obviously, results were a big part of why um, everyone got on board with Neil, but also he he made you feel connected to the club. And the thing we've heard time and time again from Darren Moore is how much of a gentleman he is. Um, I think "gentle giant" was the words you know some some people have used, and he makes you feel connected, and he's a really good representative. An ambassador of your club, and that's really important, you know, for me personally. I think for a lot of fans, is feeling connected to the club, and I think we're going to see that. You know, you've seen the videos online of him chatting to, to um, you know, young fans after the games and giving them advice about football, and mm-hmm. he just seems like a really nice guy. And I, I know it's a ruthless results business, and ultimately that will judge him. But don't mess with him, though, would you? He's, he's, he's huge. You won't mess with him either. No, no, <laughs> Might be nice, but there's no way of messing with him. Yeah. <laughs> no, exactly. Um, I have to watch what I yeah, say I on this that's... podcast in future. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we all? But yeah, no, yeah. I think um, I think that's really important. You know, we we talked about you know in the good in the good days under Dean as well. Like, although it was fantastic to be in the Premier League, all the stuff outside that we were doing to help the community um, is really important to us, and it is still really important to us. And you know, the new ownership have said that. And I think having someone who's the, the spokesperson of your club who comes across well and speaks so well, that's really important to me. You know, it makes me feel connected to the club. And I, I think we will see that, you know, as time goes on, you know, when the dust has settled down after Neil, how how good that is. Because 
that's the consistency from all the people we've spoken to, how good a person he is and how well he comes across. And as well as finding out from former fans at his club, um, we also wanted to know during the press conference how he came across and what it was like from someone who was there. So earlier I caught up with Catherine Hanna from BBC Radio Leeds who attended the press conference and actually asked Darren Moore some questions about what the atmosphere was like and how he came across. Hi Catherine, thanks again for joining us. Um, So obviously you were at the press conference today. Can you tell us about what it was like being in the press room? Hiya Brady. Yeah, a really, really interesting press conference today at Huddersfield Town um, and a really lovely opportunity to have a chat with the new manager, Darren Moore. Also to ask a few more questions of CEO Jake Edwards and the sporting director, Mark Cartwright, as well. Uh, for me, just really interesting to try and get to the bottom of what it was on, on both sides as to how this appointment has come about from Darren Moore. You know, what was it about this job that particularly appealed to him? Um, and then an opportunity as well to ask some questions about the recruitment process um, for him he, he just really feels that this is a, a great club a huge opportunity um, and sees there as big plans for the bigger picture going forwards as well he was very keen to reiterate it's not just about the work that he's excited to do with the Huddersfield Town first team but that he's really keen to be involved in all aspects of the club the town big role in the community as well and he just really couldn't wait to get started Yeah, and I suppose town fans can't wait for him to get started. Very intrigued to see what happens. Now, being there in person, what was the reaction like among the crowd? And um, was there anything you picked up during the presser that maybe we didn't see watching online? It was a really, really busy press conference today, as you would imagine. In fact, actually, I think there were probably more people there today than there were on Monday when it was confirmed that that Neil Warnock and Ronnie Jepson would be leaving. So uh, a lot of media interest in the appointment of Darren Moore. And, And I think that's a lot to do with the fact that he has a lot of really strong connections with this part of the world, with with the whole of Yorkshire um, time at Barnsley, of course, at Doncaster. He played at Bradford City, getting them promoted to the Premier League. And of course, most recently with his time at Sheffield Wednesday as well. Um, Interesting that he was very, very keen not to get into dialogue about Sheffield Wednesday today. He was very um, adamant, very polite, but very adamant that no, today is all about um, my appointment at Huddersfield Town, what I want to do with this club going forwards. He didn't want to get into the whys and wherefores of um, the end of his tenure at Sheffield Wednesday. I'm sure it's something that will crop up again in the not too distant future because, of course, the Terriers go to Hillsborough, don't they, in a few weeks' time. But he was, yeah, very politely shutting all lines of inquiry down about that today he was purely focused on excuse me on Huddersfield Town and his plans for the future going forward here and obviously you talk about going forward I mean what are your thoughts on the appointment of Darren Moore following your chat today and um, yeah how did he how did he come across yeah in, in terms of what I think of Darren Moore as an appointment I think it's a really good solid sensible choice I think Huddersfield Town have gone a bit left field in recent years with some of their appointments and it would probably be fair to say it's not particularly worked. Now, I guess they could have gone for and this is no respect to Darren Moore, maybe a more showbiz appointment, a more glamorous appointment. You know, we've heard the name of Wayne Rooney being bandied around. You can imagine, can't you, the the level of interest that that would have attracted. But in terms of looking at someone's CV, is this 
the right man for the job? Does he have the credentials? Does he have the right managerial style? Is he a good fit with Huddersfield Town? Uh, I would have to say that, yeah, Darren Moore ticks so many of those boxes. And and, and that's what Mark Cartwright, the sporting director, was saying today as well. And, and Jake Edwards, were, that when they were looking at this process of who was going to replace Neil Warnock, um, they had a whole lot of analysis done. Um, they looked at so many different factors and said when it was the same names kind of cropping up at, at the top of their lists for all the things that they were looking for. And of course, Darren Moore, clearly at the top of that, you know, they were keen to, to say that, yeah, they looked at various different possibilities, but he was the name that that really struck them as being the best one to go forward. Um, and as I say, I, I thought he came across really, really well today, Darren Moore. He didn't come across making a load of big claims, a load of bold statements, but equally, he didn't want to limit what can be achieved this season. He's ultimately been brought in. Um, as part of this three-year plan to get Huddersfield Town into the Premier League. And um, as you'll hear in our conversation for BBC Radio Leeds, I asked him, well, you know, the three-year plan starts here. What can you actually achieve this season? And he said, you know, I don't want to put a ceiling on that. You know, he wants to just see exactly what this team is capable of going forward. So sky's the limit as far as he's concerned, but I'd say no, no big brash statements that might come back to haunt him further down the line. And yeah, he came across really well and he's clearly just really excited to get going. Thanks, Catherine. Um, yeah, finally, I suppose, is there anything else you'd like to add or anything maybe fans missed that you, you saw while you were there? I think final thoughts then. Um, as I say, he's really keen to get out on the training pitch, Darren Moore, as quick as possible uh, to meet the players. You know, he's got a game on Monday night. Um, so, you know, he kind of knows that there's there's very little that you can do in terms of preparing a squad, preparing a side for a team with uh, sh- such short notice. He's literally going to have like one training session with, with his players. But he was clearly very excited to get in, stuck into this new challenge. He got a bit of a twinkle in his eye. Um, he said that he has been doing some media work over the last few months. You might have seen him pop up as a summariser uh, on a few of the Sky Sports games said he'd enjoyed that and it's it's something that he maybe will go and do a bit more of further down the line but for now he was just so excited to be back in management doing a job that he sees as a great challenge a great opportunity unlimited potential and just really wants to get out there working with the players um, and see what happens on Monday night away at Coventry a great um, team to, to, to play in his opening fixture and he actually made some comparisons with uh, Mark Robbins at Coventry and the stability that they've shown there and it, you know that was also a message coming from the board today that you know this is part of a long-term three-year plan. They're going to be sticking with Darren Moore. Uh, they're backing him. They're going to back him in the transfer window as well when it comes around in January and, and next summer as well. So this is a project for the long term. Um, and that stability that Darren Moore reference that we've seen at Coventry City is something that hopefully will be replicated for Huddersfield Town now. And this is sort of day one of a, a three-year building process, which they hope will see them end up in the Premier League. Amazing. Thanks, Catherine, and uh, catch up with you soon. Right, Brady, I think that's enough enough of the talking for now, isn't it? And uh, more action, and we'll see how others will get on on Monday evening against Coventry. That puts pressure on me to get this podcast out, doesn't it, before the game? So, you know, there we go. Never um, stop. I know, never stop. We never stop. We never stop for you guys. But that's it. So just a final reminder that this podcast, as always, is sponsored by Magic Rock Brewing. Thanks to Magic Rock for their continued support of the podcast. Um, make sure you get there before the next home game, because you'll see... People like Brady milling around and he's not hard to miss being seven foot three. So um, make sure you buy him a pint if you see him. So then Frosty the Podman, I think everybody seems quite happy to give Darren Moore a bit of a go. That is unless 
Your name is Stan. Who's Stan? Well, I think we all know a Stan, don't we? And here's Adam Jarrell with a song to explain. Thanks, everyone. Thanks. But when I ran the club, it wasn't always great But Wagner's picture on my wall It reminds me that it's not so bad It's not so bad The fans have gone cold, I'm wondering why I sold this club at all A non-existent transfer window And Neil's gone and all But when I ran the club, it wasn't always great But Wagner's picture on my wall it's not so bad, it's not so bad Dear Kev, I'd like to welcome you to Uddersfield Town Famous for Rugby League, Harold Wilson and David Brown I hope you enjoy your trip here, it's not all for nothing I could show you around town, I can meet you at the post office or something We can hit down to Burtby, Marsh, Golker or Dalton But anyways, fuck it, what's been up man, how's your two daughters? My girlfriend's pregnant too, I'm about to be a father And if I have a daughter, guess what I'm a caller? I'm a name of Nagel I hear you keeping on Neil and Ronnie too, I love it. Any fans that don't like those two, just tweet them, tell them to shove it. I know you probably hear this every day, but I'm your biggest fan. I even used to play a Sacramento Kings on NBA Jam. I've got a room full of all your posters and your pictures, man. I've even replaced my wedding photo with a picture of Uncle Sam. Anyways, I hope you get this, man. Hit me back, just a chat, truly yours, your biggest fan. And my name's Stan. The fans have gone cold, I'm wondering why. I sold this club at all. Non-existent transfer window, window, and Neil's gone and all. But when I ran the club, it wasn't always great. But Wagner's picture on my wall, it reminds me that it's not so bad. It's not so bad. Dear Kev, you still ain't call or wrote. I hope you have a chance. I ain't mad. I just feel a bit daft that you're tweeting other fans. If you didn't want to talk to me outside of Marston's, you didn't have to. But you could have signed an autograph for Matthew. That's my POS pal. He's around 40 year old. We waited in the blistering cold for you for four hours and you just said no. That's pretty tight, man. You're like his fucking hero. He wants to be just like you, man. He likes you more than Dino. I ain't mad, though. I just don't like being lighter. Remember when we met in Lockwood? You said if I'd write you, you'd write back. Cos we were queuing for Dixons I gave you a thumbs up and said it's a fucking dream Then me lad got pissed off cos we couldn't afford ice cream I know you've hardly signed anyone but you haven't been here long But we can't be losing out on players to Rotherham or West Brom I ain't really got out else so when town scrap I get depressed I even got a tattoo of your name across me chest <laughs> Sometimes I show people down slubbers just for adrenaline I tell ya it's such a sudden rush for me, I love it. See, everything you say is real, I respect you because you tell it. My girlfriend's jealous because I talk about you 24-7. But she don't know you like I know you, Kev. No one does. She don't know what it was like for people like us growing up. you got to call me, man. I'll be the biggest fan you'll ever lose. Sincerely yours, Stan. P.S. We should go for a beer together, too. The fans have gone cold, I'm wondering why. I sold this club at all. A non-existent transfer window. It wasn't always great, but Wagner's picture on my wall It reminds me that it's not so bad, it's not so bad Dear mister, I'm too good for Ronnie and Neil, what a farce This'll be the last package I ever send your ass. Neil's been here for seven months and now he's gone, he don't deserve it I don't care if Darren Moore's replacing him, Neil Warnock's perfect 
So this is my cassette I'm sending you. I hope you hear it. I'm in the car right now on M62 on the freeway. Hey Kev, I've been drinking at Magic Rock. You dare me to drive? You know that song we all sing called Smile A While? About how town will play up and bring back the cup? Well now we won't, because you fucked us by getting rid of them. That's kinda how this is. You could have rescued us from drowning. Now it's too late, we're 20,000 downers now, it's lousy. And all I wanted was for Neil to stay, that's all. I hope you know I ripped all your pictures off the wall. I loved you, Kev. We could have had a drink together, think about it. You ruined it now, I hope you can't sleep and you dream about it. I hope you lose your phone and you can't tweet about it. I hope your conscience eats at you and you can't breathe without me. See, Kev? Shut up, love, I'm trying to talk. Hey, Kev, that's my girlfriend screaming in the trunk. But I'm not off to Merry England following you no more. See, I'm not like you, because if I wear flip-flops with jeans, I look daft too. Well, gotta go. I'm almost at Scamandon Bridge now. Oh, bollocks, I forgot. How am I supposed to send this shit out? sooner but I've just been busy. You said your girlfriend's pregnant now, how far along is she? Look, I'm really flattered you would call your daughter that. And here's an autograph from Matthew, you can put it with his purple king's cap. I'm sorry I didn't see you at Dixon's, I must have missed you. I've seen your tweets asking if I like the fish and chips too. But what's this shit you said about me fucking up the club too? I say that shit's just clowning dog. come on, how negative are you? You got some issues Stan, let's give Darren some support. Let's get the John Smiths bouncing while we play this fantastic sport. And what's this shit about us going for a drink together? That type of shit'll make me not want us to meet each other. I really think you and your girlfriend need each other. Or maybe you should just treat her better. I hope you get to read this letter. I just hope it reaches you in time before you hurt yourself. I think you'll be doing just fine if you relax a little. I'm sorry Neil and Ronnie had to go, but Stan, why are you so mad? Try to understand that I do want to please you fans. I just don't want you to do some crazy shit. I read this one thing in the Examiner a couple of weeks ago that made me sick. Some dude was drunk and drove his car over Scamandon Bridge, and he had his girlfriend in the trunk, she was pregnant with his kid. And in the car they found a tape, but they didn't say who it was to. Come to think about it, his name was... it was you. Damn. Lads, what's your favourite 90th minute goal? Got to be Heffley against Leeds. A shot from Moy and sliding in at the death, Michael Heffley. Great finish to the game. Shared with my family, only made better by ordering McDonald's via McDelivery afterwards. Three points, nut nugget share box, spot on. Order McDelivery now by the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. <laughs> 